they changed the Skype music, the ringing. Yeah, I know. It's weird, huh? It's got a beat to it now. I like it. Yep. Hold on one second. I'm buying something online. For me? No, for me. I'll show it to you, though. Oh, is it a dildo? Really, anything could be a dildo if you, you know, have initiative and desire. If you're creative. Right. Yeah, if you're not scared. The Spanish announce table. What did you do this week? I actually had a great weekend. And let me uh, start off by saying every weekend in August, we have done something really fun. Yeah. And I, yes. So the first weekend, we took the old Honda Accord on the Kansas Speedway, got up to a a blistering 80 miles per hour, right? (laughs) Fast cars, yeah. Fast cars, I tell you what. Then the second weekend is when uh, we went to Joey Diaz, and then the next day, Joey Diaz was at Gloria MMA, and I worked out with him, one of my favorite stand-up comedians. Right. Got sweaty with him. Yeah, and then this weekend... Uh, we tried out a new donut place called Hertz Donut. Yeah, I saw some pictures of this. Oh my goodness. So we went there only, we planned on getting a donut each, right? But we couldn't stop. Of course That's not. stupid. Mm. And this isn't like Donutology where they're the small little you know, these are bite-sized donuts. donuts. Are these donut. are full-size donuts, right? And that's so nothing got, bad about Donutology. Those are great. You just get a bunch of the mini donuts and they're Right. Excellent. These are, yeah, these are the These the are giant. like cop donuts. Yeah, so the, we got six, because of course. Of course. So we got a Twix. We got a Twix. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Like we got that. a Fruity Pebbles. That's great. Uh, we got a Nutella. Ooh, I love Nutella. We got a Cinnamon Toast Crunch with like that's actual good. Cinnamon Toast Crunch on it. That's awesome. We got a really weird one where it was a plain donut with grape, uh, like Pop Rocks on it. Oh. Yeah, and then. Yeah, it was really cool. And it came with a, a jawbreaker in the middle of it. Nice. Yeah, that was cool. And then we got the funniest one of them all. It's a chocolate donut with white frosting and M&Ms, and it's called the Slim Shady. The Slim Shady. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I what? Yeah, it was so good. Uh, they're open 25 hours a day, eight days a week. <laughs> okay. If you, that's what their advertisement says. Right. Uh, if you want them to deliver, they will. And they deliver their donuts in an ambulance truck. Really? Yeah, they have an ambulance probably truck. Probably not to me. They probably don't deliver to me. I bet you they would. They're out by Ward Parkway. Yeah, I bet you they might. <sighs> I'm going to have to give they're, it a shot. Yeah. So they're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but, you know, 25 8 because we're funny. Um, and it's a big storefront. They have every type of donut you could think of. Okay. Uh, it was a really fantastic time. So right. we kind of stayed low key, but we tried some new donuts. That is amazing. I like donuts yep. and trying new things. Yep. And then this weekend, we're going to Lincoln, Nebraska for UFC Lincoln as James Krause fights on Fox Sports. All right. Wait, uh, the James Krause? The James Krause, the James friend James of the show. Friend of the show. He is, he is going to be fighting on Fox Sports. Uh, hey, Saturday nobody. Night has lost a trivia game to Tom on this show worse than the James Krause. is the worst no one, trivia loss. Well, also was the best contested 
right? You no one right. has no one has 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 contested me as good in an ECW trivia right. on Spanish now or as bad. Or as bad as D. James Krause. <laughs> as D. James Krause. But that's great. So you're going to go see him beat someone up. Yeah. So we're going to leave Saturday morning, uh, go up there. Um, her, her brother lives in Omaha. So we'll probably stay the night there, which is like 35 minutes away or 40 Been minutes there. away. Yep. And then we'll come back home. But what did you do this weekend? Tom, you don't have children. Yeah, <laughs> that I know of. Right. Yeah. You. Yeah. Right. Right. You may or may not have children, but you do not care for or <laughs> see any children. Right. Right. Tom, I have children. Yeah, you do. You one got a which, swim trunk. One of which is a fourteen-year-old daughter. Yeah. Okay. So this weekend, my fourteen-year-old daughter and her mother and her mother's best friend. Uh, for a long period of their time and they're her daughters who are friends with my daughter right they're all gonna go see sam smith at the sprint center you know sam smith right mm-hmm. they're all gonna go listen to a guy uh whine about his ex-boyfriends for a couple of hours and that's great right they're gonna have a wonderful time there at the sprint center uh kansas city staple for events i and my son and then his friend of the group you know of the other family uh, the boy we're all going to go to my company picnic, which is at the Sporting KC game, right? They're having the company picnic this year at the Sporting KC game. Come get in the tailgate. Uh, there's a bar. There's hot dogs for hot dogs for free, right? Get some hot dogs, some soda, some chips, all this stuff. Great thing, right? We're there. We're having a great time. Uh, I'm telling everyone that they're there at the Sprint Center to watch, you know, the guy crying about his ex-boyfriends while we're here to eat red meat and watch sports, right? Ah, I like sporting, and they're good this year, and this was a big-time matchup. They won three to nothing, but I couldn't tell you uh how that happened really because i had to catch that score later because i get a call during the picnic right the the tailgate as it were and it's my wife saying hey i i need you to come home and i was Uh-oh. like what like, you know like she's like just every everybody's okay but i need you to get here and i'm like okay so we leave and well i come to find out tom that my wife while they were getting ready you know, the women get hot when they're getting ready, right? They got the blow dryers going. They got the everything. My wife was hot, and, and she's getting hot, and she was like, oh, we got to get out in the car, but it's a hot day. She's like, hey, Aaliyah, go out to the car, start the car, and turn on the air conditioner, right? She says this to my 14-year-old daughter. Nope, shouldn't have done that ever. Tom, my 14-year-old daughter, assumed that meant she could get in the car, turn it around, right? Because she's just starting to learn how to drive, right? She got out of the car, went inside. What she didn't realize, and we all come to find out later when they had to leave, was that she did not put the car back in park. Tom. So she turns the car on, drives it around, faces it the other way on our drive, right? We live out on 40 acres. Gets out and leaves the car in neutral. Or drive, even. I don't, I, hell, I don't know. Has to be neutral, because it would have moved. When she let go of the, I feel like it would have break. I feel like it would have moved when she. Yeah, it had to be neutral, right? Yeah, because yeah. then right. Okay, so neutral. I don't know why. Now, I also we hadn't had that conversation because literally we'd only taken her on three drives, right? Just down the the street to the mailbox, right? And yeah. back. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't had that discussion, right? But that's why she shouldn't be driving a car without someone with her, right? Mm-hmm. As, as, if I can let my inner dad come out here, right? Tom, it 
drifted down a hill. And this is not yeah. an exaggeration. I Google mapped the distance. 650 feet down about a 30 degree incline and found the biggest tree on, in the area and centered it. I mean, down the middle of it, right? Airbags deployed, uh, radiators leaking. I, this thing probably got up to 50 miles an hour. Demolished and destroyed. And Tom, she's mad at me for bringing it up. Like, she's, like, annoyed that I'm upset about it. And it feels like I got robbed. I feel like somebody stole my car because it's just gone, right? Like, this thing was yep. is six years old. Um, it's been paid off. Uh, it had 95,000 miles, so I only had liability. So I'm going to get nothing out of it. It's too damaged to be more, you know what I mean? Like, the repairs would cost more than it's worth. Or if it's even repairable, I'm sure that the... the, the um, frame got dented on this thing right so i'm just out this car and i was like well Leah, you really fucked things up here because that was your car next year <laughs> like and now i don't have one to give you so you know tough sh- i don't know what you're gonna do now you know what i mean like just I was, uh, so yeah wait a minute is this the one that you would drive that had the like k-state sticker on yeah, it's the, the blue, blue one? one oh ip i bought that thing new you know what i mean i had all kinds of stories with it i mean this was a cursed car, car. they replaced this was a cursed car Tom, uh, again, there are several things, several ways this car could have drifted on this property and not been this damaged, right? Even in the place it went to, it would have went into trees, but any other tree would have been like maybe, you know, as thick as both of my arms. Like this one, (laughs) she found the biggest tree in the place, of course, by Murphy's Law, right? And I just, it, it's just done. Yeah. I, and, and that was the thing. Like, I didn't realize, like, it's a car, right? You know, you're like, ah, it's a car, but I didn't realize how much sentiment, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that, that I had towards it until that happened. And, and then to have her be a 14 year old girl and do what they do and just be like, whatever, you know what I mean? Like not really give a shit and still have an attitude and stuff. Like I came in the, the next day. Well, not so that was Saturday and I came in Monday back from work. Right. And she's sitting at the kitchen table doing her homework. And the, and the first words out of her mouth were, hey, I need you to, like, sign this stuff for this. And I was like, I need your first words to me coming in the door to not be, I need you to do something for me. And she was just like, <laughs> and I was like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I, I was like, I, I you. Well, because she's over it. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, she's over it. And I was like, what do you even think about what happened? She was like, well, obviously it's not good. And I was like, not good. And I was like. Do you realize you haven't even apologized to me for this? She was like, well, I tried to, but you were ignoring me. And I was like, yep. I was just like, okay, all right. I was like, you know what? I, yeah. I was like, I got to not argue with a 14-year-old girl. But like, I, Ever. Oh, I just like, I. it feels weird. Like, if I had wrecked the car or I'd done it, you can kind of, it still sucks, but you're just kind of like, oh, man. But when well, this happened, like, I, wasn't even, I, I wasn't done with it. I wasn't even there. We thought we well, were going to own that thing forever. I fully fully believed and knew ahead of time that she was going to eventually kill that car and was going to wreck it but i thought she would have at least been driving it first like it didn't even reach that she managed has, to do it before uh, it even happened has swim trunk uh gave her little jabs oh, since man. The, the wreck no i have, really no i have no he's tried to you know i mean you know i was upset at her 
the that day, like I, you know, I kind of lean into her about it. I was like, you like, you really fucked things up for the whole family here. Like we had plans for that. Like I was going to buy a car in another, in another year, we were going to give you this car when you had your like, you know, license. And I was like, now I've got to suddenly buy a car that I hadn't planned for. And we don't have one to give you. I'm not going to give you that car in a year. Like that's my, that's going to be you my better car. start saving up. Yeah. But, you better then, start but saving up for gonna a get to six- work, like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I don't know what you're going to do. You really screwed things up for a long period of time for lots of people. And this was something we'd been going on about. And this is what 14-year-old kids are going to do. They, uh, you know, always try to go a little step further, right? Like, uh, if mom said I could have a cookie, I'm going to have four, right? Like, it's just that extra, like, doing the wrong thing when no one's looking, right? Mm-hmm, and I was like, mm-hmm. this is why they t-. – I was like, there's a reason your mom would have never told you go out and turn the car around, Aaliyah. Because this is something you don't know about vehicles. And by the way, this is one of hundreds of things that you don't know that could have gone wrong really bad for you. Luckily, you weren't in the car and you weren't hurt. But yeah. So, so yeah, if anybody wants to donate to the Buy Tim a New Car Fund, uh, tableshow at gmail.com is our PayPal. Definitely would take those donations. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's just like, a like man, you really... Uh, just really... really? So now I'm driving the truck every day to work. The truck gets 11 miles to the gallon. That little car got 33. Uh, I was like, you just tripled my gas bill. <laughs> I was like, until I get another car, which I'm not, you know, like, I'm not going to go out and buy the first, like, I'm going to do research because that's what we do, right? Like, I'm going to look and make sure what I want to buy. And, and it's like, uh, so this isn't, you know, this is going to take a little bit. And I'm like, you, re-. and the next Monday comes around and I take her brother swim trunk down to the curb to catch his bus at six in the morning, right? Down to the street. Oh, uh, 1600 feet. Ki- yeah, it's bad. It's bad. So he gets on his bus at 6. Well, she gets on hers at 7, right? Their schools started wildly different times. Um, well, his he's just got a longer ride, much longer ride, and they pick up more kids. So it, she, I tell her, I was like, hey, I'm leaving after I drop him off because I'm going to work, right? I'm not going to, like, that's just what I'm going to do. So you're going to have to walk down there, right? She asked her mom. She wakes her mom up. Her mom doesn't have to get up to, like, 8 to start work from home, right? She wakes her up and was like, can I take the four-wheeler down to the street? And then, you know, I'll just keep the key with me. And then and her mom's like, no. no, I don't want you to do that. And it's going to rain. So you really can't do that, right? Like, no. And she got mad at it and, like, slammed the door and stomped out. So I had to, like, lean into her. And I was like, how dare you? You, like, you caused that problem. Like, you can't be yeah. mad that your mom said, no, get out of here. Like, how dare you not have humility, you 14-year-old kid? You know, it's just like, I don't know. It's just like a and, – and that's what I told her. I was like – I was like, I feel like I got robbed. I feel like you stole my car. <laughs> so I keep giving her that, Jeb. Like you stole. Well, my car. easy, easy with the you robbed me. Okay, it was a mistake. She didn't. Well, it was a mistake. But I was like, but this is the thing. I was like, you know, you you if you would have just done, yeah, what you were but, not yeah. to do, we wouldn't be in a situation where now you don't get a car. I don't have my car. You know what I mean? Like it was just I wasn't even here, and all of a sudden I get a call like, oh, by the way, yeah. your car. Which there's a lot of things. Like think about this, like. It, it was the first new car I bought. It was the, the, you know what I mean? Like, there's all these sentimental things that you have when you with, with cars, right? And I was just like, you suck that I would be okay with, right? Like, that you did that. But the fact that you're also going, you know what I mean? Like, can't be bothered by me, like, even Yeah, but up. that's just a defense mechanism. That, that's just them trying like, to deflect to say, I don't really want to deal with what I did. So really, I don't care because if I don't care, then I don't have to address the issue. And if I don't want to address the issue, then you, you know can get life? over it and then I can get over it and then we move on. How do you know my life.
Because I did that. I did all of that stuff. I did that too. I know it's karma. Look, I wrecked somebody else's Look, car when I was younger. my stepbrother, <laughs> yeah, my stepbrother, yeah. when my stepdad got a new Hayabusa 1300cc motorcycle, decided to take it around the block and then do a wheelie, does the wheelie, loses control, goes smack into the neighbor's car, puts yeah. a like L shape into the car. He freaks out and he's super strong, ends up getting out, like thrown off the bike out of just fear and adrenaline, ends up deadlifting the motorcycle, running it to our house, drops it in the driveway, gets in his car and then leaves. Yeah, right. and, then, and then my stepdad comes home and goes, what'd you do? And I go, I didn't do nothing. Didn't do nothing. Yeah. You got the beating of your life. No, so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I was staying uh with a girlfriend and her parents freshly after high school and I wrecked her car and just didn't never went back. So <laughs> I, I get it. it's karma. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's karma coming another, back to me. <laughs> I had another friend. We uh I went to his house, we were skipping school, and then he's like, Hey, you wanna go just get something to eat? And we're like, Yeah, sure. And we ended up just driving his stepdad's uh, car. A lot of stepdad uh, vehicle things happen. Yeah. Uh, But we ended up driving his stepdad's car around and then it was raining and we decided to like gun it and like, you know, get the Uh, tail in fish tail in, you know, mm -hmm. we fish tail it right into a church's uh, chicken uh, pole and the damn sign falls on top of the car. (laughs) That's yeah. All right, well, enough about how we deserve everything that we get in life. <laughs> hey, my life is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love everything about I love, my life. I love everything about my life. My life. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, Tom, uh, big weekend of wrestling, right? We had NXT. We had um, uh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Monday. Forgive me. I'm still wrapped up in the car. Yeah, we had four big events, and what I will credit WWE of doing is they made each event feel special in the sense that, you know, NXT TakeOver is NXT TakeOver, right? Mm -hmm. That's just a home run every single time. I don't know how they do it, but literally it's as good or better every time. Every time. the The worst NXT is also the best NXT, and then it's just your preference from well, there. You know what I mean? when we talk about my topic later in the show. Yeah. So it's just those are always home runs, right? And then SummerSlam, to their credit for being a 17-hour show, felt fresh, felt good, felt yep. uh, fun. There were some critiques, but everything you could critique, right? Like my favorite episode of Breaking Bad, I could still point out flaws and say like it's stupid, but it's also right. great. But then Monday Night Raw was sometimes... Is it the I'm the one who knocks moment? Oh, God, isn't that the best moment in television? Oh, my gosh. It was so, like, I literally, watching it with my wife in the bedroom, like, on our computer, went, whoa, shit! <laughs> this like, that was impressive. Like, yes, the you know what I acting, did? everything just pulled off amazing. Yeah, sidebar, and we'll get back into wrestling because this is a wrestling uh, podcast. But sidebar, when you know what I did because I'm such a adrenaline emotional psycho is so he does that and he goes, "I am the one who knocks. I am the danger." Yeah. I stood up and I started flexing like Hogan. Yeah, right? <laughs> I was like, "This is the press. and was I started amazing. like, I seriously uh. like flexed and like macho man my neck out to where all the veins and i was like that is what i'm yes. talking about 
Walt is that motherfucker. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, an honorable mention to the moment after um, Hank had figured out what was going uh-huh. on and he like shuts the garage door. I was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. like, this uh-huh. shit is going down. Yeah, great. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Love okay. Back to and so, <laughs> Right. And so the, the one thing that I'll credit them for from a storyline perspective is sometimes after – a Royal Rumble or a WrestleMania or a Survivor Series or even a SummerSlam, it kind of feels like, okay, here's our new set of uh, stories, but we're kind of going to bait you till the next pay-per-view, right? Right. With this one... Where we run it all back. Right. This one, man, they hit a home run to end the show with the Shield and Strowman. I'm into that, 100%. And then they hit a home run with, in my opinion... The best SmackDown of the year from the first segment to the end. You had Daniel Bryan, all of a sudden the worst theme song in WWE, but the one of the funnest characters, Brie Bella, comes out and just yeah, starts that was terrible. hitting. Man, I hate that music. But uh, I always, I'll say this. It's a guilty pleasure in the sense that I hate it, and I know everyone hates it, and I hate it along with them, but I, damn it, I will go Brie mode. I will do it. And I'm not even ashamed. Whatever. But you start you with that. Be. Yeah. But you start with that, and then you have great, 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 great segments, and it goes all the way to a new SmackDown Tag Team Champion. Yeah, right? Right. Oh, and how cool was Samoa Joe taking AJ Styles oh, off yeah. the podium? And side note, I love the raised podium with the crowd in the background a la uh, mean Gene Okerlund with yes. Uh, yes. Ultimate Warrior and all of that. I wish that was every interview segment. You, you, every time, yeah, yeah, every, every time. time. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I love. What, what about you? You you didn't even hit the the Becky Lynch heel turn happened over the whole weekend. Oh, but it's not a heel turn. It's not a heel turn, right? Because this look one thing with wrestling that the powers that be need. I wish to listen to is that. So it's being written by a 70-year-old man and a 45 to 50-year-old man and then a bunch of that same age. What they need to realize, and I wish they would look at the indie scene to do this because the indie scene does it better than WWE, is counterculture is cool, right? Right. And always will be. Right, but even more so now. And what I mean by that is, you know, back right before the Attitude Era – Gold Dust was the freak and the villain for being feminine and having these homosexual tendencies, right? Right. Right. That is not a villain thing anymore in 2018. If anything, that guy is a sympathetic baby face in 2018. What my point is with Becky Lynch is we relate to how dare – the pretty blonde girl takes my opportunity for one to get into the match when she didn't even have the win streak that I had. Right. right. Becky Lynch was running through the iconics running through, uh, I think the riot squad before that, before yeah. they went to raw. I mean, just running through everyone, right. To earn that number one title match. And then Charlotte comes back from injury, which whatever. And she is a champion, but just says, Hey, I want a chance to beat Carmella. And then I'm in the match. And so yeah. you go like, what the hell, right? So yeah. right there, 
there's already some resentment because we identify with Becky Lynch in a work atmosphere, right? When we work our asses off, we put in every report on time. We're, you know, killing it with our um, stats that, you know, judge right. our work rating yeah. and all that she, stuff. She's not and out then, getting drunk and, and like she's being the model right. employee. Like everybody, yeah, like, exactly. yeah, I was like, yeah. And then you get right there. It's like in the work uh, atmosphere, it's like getting the second interview. And then all of a sudden you leave with the handshake from your boss. You're like, I feel good about this. And then he goes, and by the way, we're going to give it to Charlotte. And you're like, son of a bitch. How do you know my life? (laughs) Right. And so, of course, we're going to be sympathetic to Becky Lynch because in our eyes, Charlotte didn't deserve this. And we all know, just like Stone Cold was relatable because of a horrible boss, we all have a coworker, whether we're friends with him or not, that kind of just gets things that we feel are unfair because we've been working harder for them. And in this case, we can actually like visibly see it, right? They right. had the windshield and all of that. Uh, so, of course, Becky Lynch is going to get cheered. And Becky Lynch is like, come on. For as, as cool of a baby face as Bailey is, Becky Lynch is the best baby face in the women's division. Well, and, and like, yeah, you're right. I mean, everybody wanted her to do the things she did to Charlotte. Because, yeah, <laughs> it's that coworker. Right. So even so, and reminder, uh, we're back on the air, so use hashtag tweet the table and we'll read some of them on the show. Uh, Katie First Lady, you remember her? Uh, she says, because huh? uh, WWE Universe said, are you really on her side with a picture of Becky Lynch? And she brought up that Brooklyn sure was. Hashtag tweet the table. And she is right. That crowd was when she was like, but were you always with me? And they were like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we were. Yeah, Yeah. this is this is going to blow up in their face. Very similar to I feel like the Daniel Bryan Uh where it was like, nope, Daniel Bryan needs to be the villain. And we're like, we love doing the yes chant. And with this, it's going to be like, we love Becky Lynch. Just make Charlotte the girl that swooped in and took the opportunity that we all wanted the person to have. Cause even at work, when you see two people competing for a promotion or if it's sports, you know, like high school football or high school basketball or whatever, and you see two guys, you know, vying for the starting point guard position, but because the coach's kid is one of them. And all of a sudden the coach's kid becomes starting point guard. When we all know that Becky was really the better of the two, yeah. like we all see. And that's why we sit, we're sympathetic to Becky. Cause it's like, she was the one yeah. and she had the arm bar. It wasn't as if Charlotte just, you know, dominated the match. It was Becky had it. And if it wasn't for Charlotte getting that stupid uh, entry into the match by beating Carmella, which whatever, she, she should have been there. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. It, this doesn't have to blow up in their face if they roll with it. Right. And they That's find a way they to, need to do, do it. But I'm a little worried to roll with it long term. I I just didn't get the feel from the way she came across in her promo that they were all into that she's really got the total package to pull it off long term. I, I think she does. Point. I think she does. And I because one, I think I think it's and going behind the curtain and I'm just to pull off the face heel. Right. You know what I mean? The, you think she could pull that off the, to be the, the face the that's doing pole. the heel stuff, right? Yeah, I think she can. I definitely think she can. Okay. I, I think I think the hardest thing for her to do is going to be just the straight heel thing because she's just so goofy and likable yeah. real life. You know maybe what I mean? Maybe it's easier. Yeah, maybe it'll be yeah. easier to do the face heel. Yeah. The thing I like the most about her heel promo is the tone of voice and the lack of jokes. One thing that I've never liked about 
the the Becky babyface thing from a storyline perspective. Stop calling yourself Becky Balboa. That I don't get that. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Like what? Get out of here. But it's because she's a dork, and we all like dorks, right? Like I'm friends with you. I yeah. like Becky Lynch. So how do you like do? Dorks. How do you do a a heel dork no. that everybody's gonna like? Well, this this is what I would do if you're rolling with it, right? So if you're gonna roll with it. They had the pool apart, right? Because Charlotte was like, you threw a friendship away over this. I love that, by the way. When she came out and she had the title on SmackDown yeah. at the top of the entrance ramp, and she goes, you threw away our friendship over this, and then took her jacket off, and they went at it, right? Well, then I would start to just have Charlotte go, like, well, of course I should have won the title. Right. And of like. <laughs> Becky, we all know this dynamic. I'm blonde. I'm taller. I'm I have Rick the Flair's pedigree. Daughter, right? I, yeah. I'm Ric Flair's daughter, and you are an orange-haired Irish lady. Yeah, like, have her be the then, the uh, hardworking, busty-ass person who never gets the, somebody else always gets the opportunity because they're prettier or right. you know who they but know this, or right. Right, and I would just have Charlotte go go a little bit away from. I would still have the tone of you threw a friendship away, but have Charlotte tell Becky like, but you always knew what the friendship was. I'm number one and you're number two. I'm Batman and you're Robin. Becky, we all know this. And then that's when we really get sympathetic to to Becky. And then she does the heel things, right? So let's say Charlotte has her uh, title defense against Carmella next weekend. But before they do this promo, Becky ruins it and just clobbers Charlotte, right? Yeah. And we're like, yeah. And then Charlotte's like, damn it. Why are you ruining this, Robin? Yeah. I'm Batman. You're Robin. Stop it. And then we're just like, oh. Well, and yeah. then even after Charlotte, it could go back to the ones that, that she came up with, right? They could get the next shot. It could be Sasha. And she's yeah. just like, get you too? You know what I mean? <laughs> and just like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. But she's that's like, but I'm the would- boss. You're just an employee. Like, we know what's up here. Yeah, I would I would roll with it to where you change the tone of Charlotte and get away from we had a friendship and I'm hurt to we had a friendship and I'm hurt, but I thought you got this. And then we're like, oh, you jerk. Oh, you jerk. Because we're going to cheer Becky Lynch this entire time. Yeah. And the only thing that I fear is that they go, oh, cool. Well, then Charlotte can be Roman Reigns and we're just going to force feed a baby face run because Charlotte does great on the today show. And even though you boo, we're going to be facing all this fun stuff over here. Well, and yeah, B double D said it best. Also when he said, uh, try all you want WWE, I ain't turning on Becky Lynch. The fire goddess will always be my number one hashtag tweet the table. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly and right. He, he so. ain't kidding. Since we started this show and since he's been in uh, tweeting us, uh, Becky Lynch has been his number one. I think he would do bad things to his loved ones for, to, to run off with Becky. For the Lynch. honor, yeah, well, for the honor of Becky Lynch, yeah, yeah, just for, sure. for the honor, right? Yeah, just yeah. for her honor. <laughs> but going away from that storyline and going for more of a general perspective, what were your thoughts? Give us I, your I thoughts on the whole. I, I did. I, um, if anything, I would say SummerSlam came out in number four. Out of the four, you know what I mean? Like, I really liked NXT TakeOver, and I liked Raw and SmackDown, and then SummerSlam was good, like you said, but, it, you know what I mean, compared to everything else. And you're right, they didn't go into this immediate, like, uh, you, you get a lot of this, like, with uh, 
backlash after WrestleMania is pretty much everything we gave you at WrestleMania, just, you know, the, the follow-up mm-hmm. to it. They didn't do a whole lot of that. We're going to continue this Miz thing a little bit, but that's just because of the, you know, the reality show. They're going to pimp that hard. Um, so, you know, it, I liked it that everything seems to be taking a turn. Like, they're already moving on with different storylines. The Shield reunites. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, the, this Becky Lynch thing's going on. Like So it's, it's pretty neat. The yeah. thing that I loved, I think, the most was how much the Miz had that crowd eating out of the palm of his hand. And they knew that this was taking it to, like, you know what I mean? This wasn't a real thing that he was in there. So he's crying, doing a great job by the way, of doing that. Mm-hmm. And they're oh, just yeah. like, boo! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you suck. And he's like, I'm retiring. And they're like, yeah! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they just played into all of it. And it was super loud, and he just ran it like a champ. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't break character, nothing. Like, he just lit into that. That came off awesome. I don't know how this tag match is going to go out. Although, all these people can can wrestle and go. I mean, I don't know how well um yeah. can still go, but it was in her. So. <laughs> well, I'll get that uh, that take in my favorite thing of the week. And for those of you uh, new to tweet the table, or for those of you returning and uh, wondering what kind of format we're going to do, the way we're going to do it is we're going to do news. If there is important news, uh, general thoughts of the wrestling week. And then we're going to have uh, Tim's favorite thing of the week in our second segment. And then the third segment is going to be my favorite thing of the week. And so uh, foreshadowing, my favorite thing of the week is going to be the Daniel Bryan Miz match from SummerSlam into SmackDown on Tuesday night. So I will save my take for that time. Uh, but yeah, I thought I thought exactly what you said. The Miz did great to open that show. And, and from my perspective, everything was a home run on SmackDown side from SummerSlam to SmackDown. Yeah, yeah they did everything well. Samoa Joe looks vicious. Oh, uh, and then uh, the "Who's your daddy?" at yeah. SummerSlam. Yes. I thought that was perfect. I'll be your new daddy, is what he yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. And then and he said, "Daddy's know, already gone night night." <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, we've been all. We have all been making promises, but Daddy's not going to tuck you in tonight because yeah. Daddy's already night night. Uh, like that is that is some deep stuff. Yeah. So I. I thought that was a home run. Obviously, we touched on the uh, Charlotte-Becky Lynch feud that still has Carmella as the former champ saying, like, I deserve to be in this mix. I like that aspect, right? Because from the match perspective, when they started that match, it was Carmella stirring the pot saying, like, oh, you guys pushed each other. Doesn't that make you mad? (laughs) You know, I I like that little the the shit talker in the background just going, like, I wouldn't take that if I were you. I love that aspect of the storyline. And then I like Nakamura uh, with this promo of the United States of Nakamura. I think that's great. Yeah, I think that's that is catch great. on. Uh, I, I like that a lot. The one miss a little bit. I mean, I understand it if it would have happened on SmackDown. I think the stage didn't warrant this. The only miss that I felt that SmackDown had on uh SummerSlam was after the Nakamura Jeff Hardy match when Randy Orton just walked and then fought off the voices in his head, which I get right. The voices in my head make me do bad things, blah, blah, blah. But he literally just walked and then walked away. It was, eh, that's a miss. Uh, the SmackDown tag team championship uh, again, SummerSlam, eh, but we got the payoff on, uh, SmackDown. I thought that match was great. Uh, yeah, I thought SmackDown from the AJ to the Miz to the tag team uh, to now this United States of Nakamura, I think they're 
hitting on all all cylinders. For as great as NXT is, and they are, the uh, expectations and the week in week out uh, criticism and dissection oh, yeah. that we do to SmackDown, I believe SmackDown is the best show right now in all of wrestling. I, I, I would agree with that. And then uh, I guess we can take a break, but before we do that, uh, we forgot to talk about the biggest thing that probably made you happy over the weekend and theo said it best uh, at theo 75 when he said i'll bet at tmac underscore 816 is having an excellent day since Kyrie sane won hashtag tweet the table the fire what in the hell yeah and you know ronda rousey say what you want about her but she had the best line of the night from nxt when she goes that wheel doesn't do anything she's not a real pirate she yelled that from the stands i love that about ronda rousey that made me want to cheer her on so much more the next night uh let's just talk about that for real quick and then we'll get out of here nxt oh my god so good uh, I think the weakest match from a storyline perspective was the Velveteen Dream and EC3. Yeah. But in saying that, I think that got the biggest uh, reaction of the night with the call me up Vince yeah. tights. Right. I thought that was spectacular. Yeah. The move of the night. You think, was, how do you think that went over getting that cleared? Because, you know, he was probably like, yo, is this cool? Like, I can't, you know what I mean? Like, I can't go out. Like, I got to run that by trips or something first, right? Like, yeah, I bet you Triple H was like, all right, kid, but we're going to see what Vince's reaction is. And Vince probably was like, these motherfuckers. Like, that's yeah, probably right. what he said. Yeah. He was just like, these guys, what the hell? But everyone ate it up, right? But from a match perspective and a storyline perspective, I thought that was probably the weakest yeah. match on the entire yep, Uh right. I think the Undisputed Era and Mustache Mountain match, I think that was really good. Was good. However, for me, I think uh, – what's the phrase? How does the phrase go? Uh, the bloom fell off the rose or how does that fr- – like I, yeah. I think with the, the title change at the London show when Mustache Mountain won and then they lost it at NXT, I think that kind of ruined it for me as a storyline because I go, well, they're not going to just potato – or you know, hot right. potato – tag team titles however i loved how they just went right into the war raiders right so it's like mustache mountain put in a great effort hey guys and like i said when we were previewing the show hey guys if you're really into mustache mountain they're gonna be at uh nxt uk go check them out over there and then we just moved into right a new storyline where it's these war raider guys which good god did they throw roderick strong into the fucking roof he did and they are awesome. The War Raiders. Yeah. Just, remember, we were lamenting for a long period of time in previous uh, episodes of the show where we were like, where are just the badasses that are just like, yeah. raw? You know what I mean? And that heavy machinery was trying to play that role a little bit, but they got a little hokey with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, they got a little bit too, right. like, I'm a working man. It it's like, frat, well, but it was frat boy-ish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was, it was, yeah, right, right. It was forced. Yeah, these are like animalistic, like, shit-eating wild yeah. men, right? These are, these you are stopped like- on a, on a, uh, you're off the interstate. You're on a back road, and you stop at a diner, and then these two guys show up on their motorcycle, and you're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like yeah. we're in a bad part of town. Yeah, I like them. They 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 caught my eye, especially with how they threw uh, uh, Kyle right into the they, roof. They made a dome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the match of the night, even though uh, you'll touch in on this in your favorite thing of the week, Gargano and Champa. I mean, that's just. Like, let's separate that because the history, the match, just right. spectacular. I was most pleased because I, I think my expectations were just that high with that um, main event. Sure, of course. My expectations, and I said this in the preview show, uh, 
Ricochet and Adam Cole just delivered on all fronts. And the the GIF or GIF, I don't know how we're saying it anymore. Everything's weird in 2018. Both of them are fine and nobody should give yep. a shit. Right. But the the GIF of the night with um, Ricochet doing the GIF the is the correct one, by the way. GIF, yeah. <laughs> it's personal. The GIF in the uh, backflip into the super kick. Yes. I don't know. That was, I mean, that was yeah. the move of the night. Of course. Right? That was maybe the move of the weekend. Yeah. Uh, thought that was spectacular. The fucking pirate. Yeah, I don't pirate. get. Against probably the best heel or just at least, you know, natural in their role heel that they have on that roster right now is Shayna Baszler. It just and, felt weird. Like she's a clear number one with a bullet. Right. Yeah. And the, and the one thing that I think, again, I always my my goal with Spanish Noun Stable version 2.0 is to talk about storylines as much as possible. I don't want to do the the Dave Meltzer. Did you know that uh, the reason why uh, New Day the tag champions right. is because Eric Rollins is injured? I don't care. That's not. I want to. I just care about the story. Anyhow, f- but I will say this: for WWE caring so much about optics, right? They love the pictures in the backstage. I feel like if you knew Ronda was going to win the title at SummerSlam, in my opinion, it would have looked cooler if Shayna keeps the NXT title and then you do the optics of the four horsewomen and two of them are champs, right? right? right. That looks cool. Here's the Raw Women's Champion. Here's the NXT Women's Champion. They're the four horsewomen. Hey, over there, I see Charlotte has a title. What else you guys got? Right? right. Like right there is the optics of, well, maybe these guys or these women are credible. Right. I And again, it's a fucking pirate, man. It's a pirate. Yeah. A cartoon pirate. And <laughs> Shayna made her look amazing with the wrenching of her leg. Yeah. Oh, that made me feel comfortable. And the, the, oh, it was great. Great. I mean, Kyrie Sane is what not else bad in the ring. You're right. I mean, she's great. I mean, she's good in the ring. It's just, and that elbow is incredible. Anyway, yeah. Right. This isn't, yeah. If, if I met her, I probably would think just like I do of Natty, fantastic person, horrible character. And those are two separate things. What else happened in NXT? Was there any other matches that I'm missing? There was five of them. There's five. So it was I that. think you hit them all. Because we're going to go in depth in my topic. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're not going to touch into the uh, – yeah. But I, I will just share my two cents before you get into that after the break. Uh, another home run from oh, Gargano yeah. and Chuck. Right. Jeez. How? Just, yeah, How? Such intricacies and callbacks and everything, and we'll get into that later. So, yeah. uh, so overall, a very fun weekend to be a wrestling fan and a good one where if, you know, uh, you wanted to show people who maybe think about getting into wrestling, just tell them, hey, go back and watch this whole weekend's worth of stuff, right? You know? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's really good on those when they do that, like with the, if you want to start somebody off because you go to like an NXT and a SummerSlam, uh, they show you a vignette package for like 10 minutes before the match. So you get caught up. You don't really have to watch everything before you get up there. You'll get the storyline. So, yep. all right, let's get into a break. We'll come back and I don't know. Am I going first? Are you going first? I don't know. Maybe we'll flip you a coin. First. I'll go first. All right. <laughs> like you just take charge there, right? Just alpha male. Yeah. Just like, no, mm-hmm. I'm making this decision. Yeah. I'm driving. All right, man, we will take a break and we will come back quickly to the Spanish announce table. Fun fact. So far, no Universal Champion has gotten an immediate rematch for the belt after losing. The Spanish Announce Table. The NWO. 
The Spanish announce table. You know what? Uh, I would have wrote the end of Raw different. Yeah. You know how? Okay. You know how would have wrote it? I would have had the B team win uh, at SummerSlam, right? And they go B team, B team, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. And then go now that we got rid of the revival, you know what's next? We're on top of the world. Then the authors of Pain come out, right? And they fuck up the B team because look at them and. They're fucking awesome, right. right? So they they fuck up the B team. They win the tag team titles, right? That's in the okay. first hour after the first segment, right? Yeah. And then at, then you do everything the same, and then at the end of the night, Roman Reigns beats Finn, and then Braun comes out, like he said, and he's like, I'm going to beat your fucking ass. And then the authors of Pain come out, and they do the triple power bomb to Braun, Roman and the authors of Pain. So that then this week you have Dean and Seth go like, hey, man, man. the shield. And they do all this. And Roman even does the fist pump. And he's like, yeah, dude, we're cool. And so you do the shot of all three fists, you know, coming together. And then the authors of pain put their fist in, too. And then Seth and Dean are like, this isn't. Oh, right. We're not doing add ons. And then Roman's like, guys, I'm running with them. We're still the shield. I just. Trust me. Yeah. And the authors of pain are just like, so then Roman leaves and the authors of pain are like, guys better not say shit. You know, like, fuck you. And Dean and Seth are like, you trying to like come at us? And he goes, you see these like the authors of pain go, you see these, this makes us better than you. And he's like shoves it in Dean's face. They start to brawl. And then Roman's like, guys, chill, chill, chill. Then the next week that Roman's still playing peacekeeper, but he's a kind of heel, right? We know. Yeah. You know, then you do the next match at Backlash, which is for the tag team championship, Seth and Dean versus the Authors of Pain. You still have Roman Reigns, and I'd have him take on uh, – uh, I wouldn't have him waste Braun Strowman's money in the bank. I'd have him do like a triple threat or a fatal four-way with Braun in there, Finn, and Bobby Lashley, right? Boom. But then in this match, the tag team match, you have Roman Reigns come down as like towards the end of the finish – and then he grabs the foot of Seth or Dean, cost them the match. Authors of Pain re- retain. Seth and Dean are like, you motherfucker. Right. And then the Authors of Pain are like, what the fuck are you going to do? Then you go to the main event, Authors of Pain, Body Slam, Finn, or Bobby Lashley, or whatever. And then Roman retains. And so now you have the Authors of Pain and Roman as this heel faction, better than the Shield because they're fucking bigger than right. Seth and Dean. And then you just have him fuck up everyone. And that's the and new that's shield. Great. He can even yeah. call him the new shield. Yeah. Something else. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but then Seth and Dean, you know, have this authors of pain thing. Eventually they're going to turn on each other. Dean turns on Seth, obviously. And then you can separate them. And then the authors of pain and these three are fucking great. And then that way you don't have to have this weird dynamic where it's like, a promo because like Dean can talk and Seth can talk and Roman can talk. No, if it's a three guy thing, one guy talks like Hogan did, and in this case, Roman talks, right. and the authors of pain just fucking stand there and flex. Right, and that would have been so much better for the long term story of the yeah. Shield too. Right, yeah. like it's better than the and second then, yeah. regrouping for no reason. 
the third regrouping because yeah. remember Wellman got sick because then even long term storyline right so you do like six months or however long our attention span can last right and the authors of pain are like hey we joined you Roman because we thought like we'd get all this shit and yeah. really we're carrying your ass and then they turn on Roman yes. and then that's when you get the baby face Seth and Dean going hey we're here to help you and then there you go yes ah Hire T Mac. I'm running with this, by the way. I'm going to include this as the first part of the segment because that was really great. That was way better. And you'd probably just thought of that on the shitter during our break. I thought about it uh, uh, after I saw the triple power bomb because to me, Seth and Dean, they're great and they're big. Obviously, we've met them, but uh, they wear tight I, pants. At least Seth does. Well, I just. Yeah, I, I want if you're gonna do a triple power bomb, I want the three guys to look like they're gonna inflict pain on you. Like Seth just kind of like holds yeah. his hand up there. It well, and good. it's just it, for storyline purposes, it's it just really feels like it's giving Seth and Dean something to do, you know. And it's yeah. kind of like these guys feel like they're supposed to be better than needing to find them something to do. Like the the whole idea of a storyline of of a group forming is it does that. It helps build these other characters, right? Like you're saying, the right. authors of pain who Need aren't. To be- elevated yeah like i don't get why they don't have their manager anymore because they the two of them don't aren't bringing me something to make me feel something but they look like the part right yeah, they look right. The part. you just need a mouthpiece and roman yeah. can do that he's gotten way better admittedly not yeah. he's not amazing well, he's, but but he can still get the heel heat that we all want and then there's the fucking heel turn right and then the other thing that's sacrificed with Shield 3.0 is now the Intercontinental Championship is kind of just now secondary, right? So what they need to establish if they're going to do this whole thing where Seth and Dean make sure that Roman stays champion, well, if Seth gets put in a bad spot by Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, you better best believe that Roman and Dean are going to run down to the ring to save Seth's ass, right? right? Or are we just saying, nope, it's all about the world title. And then that looks stupid. It does look stupid. And and face factions are never great long-term. They're good for a fun, you know, pops here and there. But the, a faction lends itself so much better to a heel storyline. Yeah, the only way that a face faction works is if essentially the rest of the locker room is against them, right? So you have... In this case, Baron Corbin, who's new, the new Raw GM, just say like, you know what we're doing? We have a cancer in the locker room. It's the Shield. We're all out here to get rid of them. Then they're sympathetic. It's yep. the three guys. You know, we're brothers in arms, and then have everyone run down from the entrance ramp, and they just fight everyone off. Like that's what you need to yeah. do if you want to face this. But if you're heels, you do the NWO thing where it's a random match between the revival and Heath Slater and Rhino. And for just because we're mean assholes, we're going to come through and we're just going to give you all of our finishers and you're going to deal with it. And then as soon as Baron Corbin or Kurt Angle says like, get out, they run out of the ring. And then maybe another in the second hour or the next week, they just do again more just heel stuff. That's cool. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's like you said, it, it would have been a better storyline and you hit it on earlier. Like we're, we're in this Spanish announce table 2.0. We're going to try to hit more on storyline based discussion. And that's, what's going to bring me into my topic for the week. Uh, and it's the Gargano Champa saga that has all unfolded. And, and, and we have to move on from it now with, with the uh, injury. Is that really real? It's, it's they kudos to WWE for making these things a little bit harder to tell. Now, um, he legit did separate his knee, right? 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's at least the angle they're playing up, right? Yeah. Um, Now, um, it is just that. That's what you you said. It feels like NXT either is as good or is better than the show it accompanies all the time. And you're like, I don't know how they do it. It's storylines. They're doing storylines better. Now, we've got a few of those hanging around in WWE. This Joe... Uh, AJ Styles thing is turning into a storyline because it's an angle. Great. They've got an angle. I'm going to yeah. hit his family up, right? It's as simple as that. Now, you have to do it in a unique way and mm-hmm. with your own voices as the wrestlers, but it's as simple as that. The whole I'm going to insult your family has been done to death, but you, it's just how would you do that in real life, right? Go play it mm-hmm. out. Um, this has felt so real, this Gargano yeah. Champa storyline along the way. I it feels like every friendship that's ever gone bad. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just, it's great. And with this specific one, now they've got to move on, or at least even if he's not legit hurt Gargano, um, they would have to move on at this point for a while from the storyline anyway. And I felt like they were going to, um, you know what I mean? With the, but then Alistair Black got hurt and it, Hey, they just had to do what they had to do. Um, but I'm glad that this happened because it played out so well. They had callbacks. I mean, they had, uh, you know what I mean? Like they, they had the, the exposing of the, of the wood, like they, they called back to the earlier matches and they just had those great moments, like where he's sitting in the chair while they're counting to 10, you know, yeah. and even the ending was so unique for a last man standing that it was insane. The guy was handcuffed to the ground and he managed to fall off of the podium to stand up at the moment yep. that he needed to like, just brilliant. Like whoever booked that and wrote that idea out. Kudos. That's a T-Mac level uh, storyline <laughs> writing right there. Um, what are some of your initial thoughts on it? I loved it. And I loved it because, one, like you said, the callbacks. And I'm a big proponent of using callbacks because it rewards the viewer. And I'm yeah. a big proponent of that across all entertainment, all right? Medium, right. D- yeah, TV show, sequels to movies, whatever it Podcasts. is. Yeah, you need to have a reward for being in this each and every week in the case. You get it, right? right? Yeah, yeah, right. Because I'm I'm here, you know, Johnny come lately can't get the same satisfaction that I do when it's WrestleMania or SummerSlam time. Like he should be in this to get the reward. And that's what I like about callbacks. But with them, I really like how you pointed out how genuinely real it feels that the friction is because sometimes when you do these uh uh friend versus friend typically you get one of two outcomes either one you get well okay we're building to this guy or this girl being the star marty Janetti, pack your bags right right, right. Or, or two you get the well this is fun but man, wouldn't it be cool? Like after they get this done, is if the other person is you know getting beat up by someone else and they reunite? Like no one wants to see DIY come back together. At least not right now. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Because of how genuine and how uh, real the the feud feels. And so that's that's one thing that I really love about this, where it doesn't feel like okay, so they're just going to do this for a while, we'll separate, and then they'll do DIY for the next Dusty Roads uh, Invitational, right, as a surprise team. No, not at all. No one could see these two getting back together. And also, in my opinion, maybe it's Champa, but Johnny Gargano is the 
Daniel Bryan 2.0 of baby faces. Yeah. So you really, in my opinion, I don't know who is the Marty Jannetty in this, right? Because right. you have you have Champa doing such amazing work. No entrance music. The <sighs> boos are his entrance music. Yeah. That is spectacular in 2018. Yeah. That's a real thing. He gets genuine boos. Right. right? He has he has a beef with the NXT grandma, which yeah. is incredible. Like there's so many old school bad things that are great, but don't feel cool. Right. So if I go to the wrestling show, for example, if I go to a wrestling show of just all WWE product, I kind of cheer Kevin Owens, right? Yeah, he of says, course I do. He outright, but you know what I mean? Like when yeah. he does heel things, you're like, actually he has a point or that was pretty yeah. funny. You know, all the stuff that he does with gender, with the meditation and the Braun Strowman, that's funny. And you kind of like, ah, oh, Kevin <laughs> with, with Ciampa. I'm like, no, this guy's a dick. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, F this dude. Yeah, Bully Ray always said that in interviews, and sometimes he even missed the mark, but he said it was always his effort. He was like, I'm trying to make sure that nobody finds this cool or funny. Yeah, you know I mean? like, and so yeah. Ciampa's doing that great. On the other uh, side of the coin, though, Gargano is so sympathetic. Now, he has the build and the look to be sympathetic, right? He's, what, 5'9", 170 pounds? Like, right. he doesn't look like Roman Reigns where he'd steal your girlfriend. He looked like the guy that your girlfriend would call when you guys got into a fight, right? right. Like, he's going to be the crying shoulder. And so you're like, yeah, Johnny. Hey, Johnny, you're so cool. And he's got the merchandise and all the baby face things that go along with it. The the circle with the the wink and the the the, the, the face. I don't right, know what yeah. the hell that's called. Yeah, but yeah. that so he's got the he's got the fun merchandise to where like if you have a t shirt, you're like, you're a Gagano fan? So am I. It's like a 2018 yes, right? It's right. that version of you know. So he's got that for him. Uh he hasn't won anything yet other than the tag titles. He hasn't won anything yet. So he has that Tommy Dreamer like eventually he's going to win. Like he has to win this, right? Because one of the best things about Tommy Dreamer in ECW is until it started to fall apart towards the end. But in prime ECW is he could never beat Raven right. and he was never the champion. He was never the champion of anything, right? He was just a singles competitor looking to beat up Raven, defend the honor of his girlfriend and, you know, put on the best match because this is his heart and soul. And that's Gargano, not with yeah. the cheese grater, the head and stuff, but that's Gargano. So you're having the best of both together. It's yeah. not like Gargano is doing this with Aleister Black and Johnny Gargano is doing this with Velveteen Dream. It's together. Right. And so they're doing things right now that are off the charts. I always thought up until this time that the best rivalry in NXT was the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. I thought that was spectacular, right? We knew they were best friends on the first freaking night. Kevin Owens is like, ha ha, guess what? Power bomb. I'm taking your title, knocking you out. There ain't going to be anything you can do about it. And then they take that to the main roster. I kind of don't want them to take this to the main roster. I want one to go to raw one to go to SmackDown, maybe at a WrestleMania 37 or something. They do a back stage segment where they just in passing look at each other and you know and yeah. then that's it you know something like that but in nxt this is the greatest feud of its short history now i yeah. know it's only been a few but this is the greatest feud they've ever had and it's spectacular because if you think of all the talent they've had sammy zanes finn balor samoa right. joe blah 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 you know and this is it like, but yeah, this, this is the, been the best storyline and series of matches from one feud 
that they've ever put out and some of the best I've seen period in wrestling, uh, yeah. in a while. I mean, this is really damn good and they are yeah, both on top is- of their game. And, and it's like you said, it's, it's genuine old school. Like the heel isn't getting a whole now kudos to the NXT crowd generally knows how to it. right for getting yeah. it and they know how to play i don't know if you go to indianapolis uh you know what i mean if on a tuesday for smackdown if you get that same reaction but mm-hmm. uh they are just killing it and it's the storyline and that's been the thing i've really zeroed in in on in this is we need to figure out how to get more of that who is writing that who thinks mm-hmm. like that? You know what I mean? Like, let's get some people doing more of this. And and we kind of touched on it with, uh, I think we were doing that off air, but the rematch causes can kind of go away. Let's start running more storylines, sewing more stuff up. We've got all the talent in the world now. What, they got Matt Riddle coming in. This is yeah. NXT, WWE, all together. You have everybody that you want, right? <laughs> or, or you can get everybody that you want. So start giving me more you know what i mean like right. let's not run the same stuff back over and over again there will be plenty of time to hit it again because you're going to keep churning out storylines and then it's not going to make it feel regurgitated yeah and, and the rematch is good if the storyline makes sense i think that's what you're stating like you're not just saying hey the champion gets an automatic rematch because he lost like right. with these they've done three consecutive nxt takeovers because it's it's needed that they've needed yeah. to fight. Three, well, there was three time when they were doing that, when we were like, Oh man, maybe they should cut back on the amount of pay-per-views because they were just doing the same thing for three to four months. Now it feels like we don't got enough, right? Like yeah. we still got to throw more. Like we're, we don't got something for this guy to do because you know what I mean? Like we're, we've got all the other slots full. Like, yeah. man, yeah. Just, I feel like let's just start kicking out more storylines. We don't got to keep running the same stuff over and over again like randy orton beating up you know what i mean jeff hardy was jeff fun. hardy right it gave us something to like well why is he doing that right like you know like we could get into that i guess i don't know but what i like about gargano and champa as well is it's so fascinating because just like i spoke about with the heel baby face it feels like and obviously there's not a power dynamic between the two but as far as heat and cheers it feels like I mean, almost Rowdy Piper Hulk Hogan-esque for NXT, where, I mean, people wanted to kill Piper in the 80s, right? And people loved Hogan. Now, obviously, the storyline is is different and the the heel turn and blah, blah, blah. But it's like you're getting that type of reactions from the NXT crowd, but then the match quality is of Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, right? Right. Like – that storyline was different, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, because if you went to Canada, Shawn Michaels might get axes thrown at him. But then in America, Bret Hart's getting booed out of the building. Yeah, so right, right. you're getting the heat factor of a 1980s old school Rowdy Piper Hulk Hogan uh, feel. But then instead of big punches, big punches, big foot body slam, you're getting the elbow from the top, uh, sharpshooter, all the classic, you know, iconic style in style wrestling with a Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. This is, yeah, it's incredible how good they're the hardest thing. The hardest thing I think they're going to do or the hardest thing for us to accept is that the next NXT takeover, assuming that this isn't a legit injury from Gargano is to see the opening match be Gargano versus EC three. And then I don't know, Ciampa versus Matt Riddle, right? Cause we're going to be like, 
No, yeah. or we still, Alistair Black, who's back. You right? Know I mean? like, yeah. 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 yeah, and we still have that, you know. But hey, man, let's let's see if that we may figure out if Gargano and Ciampa were the ones driving the writing of the storyline. If the next storylines coming down the the pike are, don't feel the same, right? Now, part of it's execution, obviously, but uh, you know, NXT has been okay for that. You know, like they've generally everything's had. And at least an attempt at a storyline, right? I don't feel like we often get that on the main roster all the time. I feel like sometimes they throw stuff out there with no attempt. You know, it's just like, a, eh, you know. Uh, although, you know, uh, some things, uh, as I mentioned earlier, have been there. So let's give it, let's let's all cross our fingers. But I think I, I, don't, I don't got much else to say about Ciampa and Gargano other than they are just absolutely killing it every time they get a chance to stand on the stage. Love it. Yep. I love it. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll come back, and we will talk some Miz and Daniel Bryan. I'm excited to talk about this one with you. So uh, we'll do that when we come back to the Spanish announce table. Fun fact, Jeff Hardy has never won a match at SummerSlam. The Spanish announce table. Hey, what's up? It's WWE superstar Dolph Ziggler here, and you're listening to the Spanish announce table on the Trending Topics Network. The Spanish announce table. I used to watch the real world with my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, uh, when it was in its younger, you know, versions. And there was a guy called Mike on there, and he was calling himself the Miz. He was imitating the Rock, and I was like, this guy's a bit of a dork, but he's a wrestling fan, right? I had to kind of like him, right? And mm-hmm. we all know that story and where that led to. Um, but I, I sat in awe of the Miz on SmackDown. Like he has really got, you know, he really did it. He really got what he wanted to do and be. And now he's got a hit TV show and you know, like about him about, you know, like not like he's acting on it. This is about him and he's doing it super well. Like he is really good at what he does. Yeah. So my favorite thing of the week is going to be the Miz and Daniel Bryan match at SummerSlam. And then kind of as a bigger picture, the uh, storyline that they're telling. Now, unlike the Ciampa Gargano matches that we spoke about, this rivalry is a little bit longer, but it's not as consistent. Right. right. So the way and obviously, if you you're listening to the show, you've familiar with the mat or excuse me, the storyline, but you know, there was the pro, then the um, rookie aspect. And then that went Which into was such the a head- great dynamic because Daniel right. Bryan's been what? 20 year wrestler. And yeah. he was the rookie. Yeah. Right. And then they had the immediate payoff where Daniel Bryan beat the Miz for the United States title. And then they kind of separated. Right. But then as Miz won at WrestleMania 27, the main event, right. He had some legs to stand on where it's not just I'm a pro, but I'm also an established superstar, right? They trusted me to main event WrestleMania before you, Daniel Bryan, okay? Like, he has some clout to say I'm better than you. And like you said, the interesting dynamic of the storyline is what you do wrestling for. That's what I like about this this storyline yeah. In, in its simplicity is are you doing are you a pro wrestler in WWE for fame or are you a pro wrestler in WWE because of passion? Now you can want both, right? So when Daniel Bryan yeah, I feel like Miz says, wanted both. 
Well, and Daniel Bryan's the same way, right? So Daniel Bryan, you know, went through the indie scenes. He's Mr. Indie Darling, you know, competed in 25 in front of 25 people in Wichita, Kansas or whatever. But let's not also forget the fact that he's on Total Bellas, right? right? That he also does the media appearances just like Miz for the radio shows and things like that. So he's doing some of the fame part as well. And so the whole thing, though, the gripe that each one has is – Miz saying to Daniel Bryan, I'm better than you. And the only reason you're still around here is because you think you love this. But and like what the authority said, you're a B plus player. Like, cool. You're here for passion, but your passion's not better than me. And then on the opposite end, you have Daniel Bryan saying essentially what he said in the uh, promo on SmackDown is you're Mike cosplaying as a pro wrestler and that just right there is awesome now going into the match at SummerSlam what I liked about it so much just the the theater of it is you know Daniel Bryan comes back from retirement uh he requests that Miz gets uh traded to to Smackdown so he could punch him in the face right Right. that was his whole narrative is I want to I want to punch you in the face. Hell, when they started the match, the first thing uh, Daniel Bryan did was he balled up his fist and he punched him in the face, right? right? So how poetic and almost Shakespearean-like, and this is why I liked it, is that it was a punch to the face of Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. that cost him the match. Now, yes, did it have brass knucks and things like that? Well, yeah, but it was well, a punch yeah. to the face, right? So punch to the face. The thing that you were I obsessive didn't even think of. Think of that. That yeah. was great, yeah. Yeah, the thing that you obsessed over so much is the thing that cost you in the end, and that was a punch to the face. And I thought that was great. I loved, just like we talked about with Ciampa and Gargano, an old-school tactic of brass knucks from a manager. Now, this was even better because it was a wife in the stands, and you know he, he feeds to the outside. He's He needs a second to catch his win. He's going to his wife because, you know, she's going to give him encouragement. Yeah, yeah, that's the comfort. Oh, wait a minute. Those brass knucks and then whop, a punch to the face. I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a great way also because like we talked about when we previewed and I picked Daniel Bryan, you can't have Daniel Bryan lose this storyline, right? But what I did consider is you can't have Miz – just lose the first match because then where does he go from there? So you need to prolong it. Like it makes sense to prolong this storyline out. I think it's a little bit of a hiccup from a storyline aspect that they're doing the, the mixed tag, right? Because now all of a sudden Maurice and the Miz are just going to fight the entire Bella army. So they already fought John Cena and Nikki Bella. Now they're going to fight Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. Next, are they going to fight Johnny Ace and their mother? Like (laughs) just going through the entire total Bella's cast. Can we get that booked? Yeah, it feels like it feels like that's let's get a big eight man like tag match going on. Let's just do uh, loser loser show is canceled and just have total Bellas versus Miz and Misses. Like that's what they should Uh, do. Right. (laughs) Just have Miz and Mrs. because the Bellas are the established – Total Bellas is the established show. They have to go through a gauntlet. So the first is Johnny Ace and the mother. Then it's Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. And then it's John Cena and Nikki Bella. And if they get through all of that, Total Bellas is canceled. Miz and Mrs. gets renewed. Bella gauntlet. (laughs) Right, yeah, the Bella gauntlet. Uh, Side note, sidebar, completely unrelated to this, but because the Bellas are brought up, 
Did you catch the awesome story or the awesome backstage segment at SummerSlam when the B team and Miz ran into each other? No. Do you remember I, that? I did catch that. So they run into each other and Miz is like, you know, it's great to see you guys. Great to see that you're champions and stuff. Uh, if you want to um, uh, go back to old time's sake, you can g- catch my uh, limo after this match. And the B team goes, hey, we're happy for your show and everything, but we're winners, okay? And actually <laughs> – we're gonna we're gonna uh, um, get our own show. It's called Total Fellas, but because we're the B team, it's gonna be called Total Bellas. And then they just walked. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Like they're that. awesome. I love that. But that's why they need to get crushed by like some monsters. Anyhow, going back to this. So the storyline is taking a little bit of a right turn for me with the the mixed tag. I felt like it was a tad rushed with. Maurice just says, hey, Mr. Bella or whatever. Yeah. And then Brie Bella, who we haven't seen at all, just rushes the stage and then and like starts furious. Hit, hit. Right. Yeah, yeah. It starts. It was one thing. Right. But go read your comment section on Instagram. I bet you there's way worse comments than yeah, that one. Like, why didn't that drag on a little more? And yeah. Then, I felt like Maurice should have had more story or, or more. Or uh, tried bro. to smack Daniel Bryan or something. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I don't know for me, I get that men aren't supposed to hit women and I totally get that. But this whole cheering when a woman hits a man, I'm yeah, like, I know that, that, feels, me too. that feels like a double standard. I don't like it that. Right? It absolutely is. It doesn't feel like it. It just is a double standard. Yeah. So going forward, I, I like that Ms. Poetically beat Daniel Bryan with a punch in the face. And the match itself was really good. It was an old school because at that time of the show, it was starting to get to where people were getting antsy. I was getting antsy. The crowd was getting antsy. So they held the the attention. They did the match, I think, as perfectly as you could for the limitations that Daniel Bryan has with his head. And then Miz, uh, you know, playing it safe as a character of a coward, you know, thought it was great. Uh, I'm looking forward to the... Um, the match at uh, whatever it's called, Extreme Rules, Backlash, whatever. Uh, hell in a but I really hell in the self, sure, whatever, all uh, the same thing. Yeah, hell in uh, the backlash. I, it's gonna be a pay per view event. They'll tell me fifteen times in the next two weeks, so I'll remember it that way. Yeah. But I loved, I love the poetic uh, ending to a SummerSlam match with all of that build. I think, like we said, the the build. Uh, with three part segment before uh, SummerSlam on SmackDown was perfect to catch everyone up. I thought the little video package before the match was great. The dichotomy of the I'm passionate, I'm gonna throw my body to the wind and see what happens to, versus the conservative. I'm doing this because if I get hurt, my TV show goes away and all of these things that opportunities, you know. And then at the very core, like I said, at the very core, this is why are you a wrestler? Right. And both people are doing are, are dipping their toe into the other genre of fame or passion. But when it comes to its core, their beef is why are you a pro wrestler? Right. Well, I'm doing this because I want money, fame and the hot wife. Well, I do this because this is all I think about and I'm willing to kill myself to stay in this ring. And yeah. right there is why it's so awesome. 
I agree with you. Couldn't like what they're doing anymore. Um, well, maybe the mixed tag thing. Yeah, I could do without. Nobody wanted to see these two girls involved. Uh, you know, nobody was asking for it at least. But you know, they got to plug the show, so they're going to do what they're going to do. But we are going to do what we're going to do, and that's get out of here because we've had a fun show, and we're back. And you should remember to use hashtag tweet the table on the twitters and. <laughs> And get on social media. We're Facebook.com slash Spanish Announce Table Podcast. We're Tweet the Table on Instagram and Tableshow at gmail.com for PayPal if you want to send us some donations. Just give us a dollar, right? You got a dollar. I need a new car. So we'll get out of here and we will come back with another fun episode of the Spanish Announce Table next week. Fun fact, Hulk Hogan is undefeated at SummerSlam going 6-0. and The Spanish Announce Table.